0: The views and opinions expressed on this program are not necessarily those of this station, JVC Broadcasting Management, or its sponsors. And welcome aboard, ladies and gentlemen, Jay Oliver here. Another round of Ask the Medical Experts each and every week. We give you an expert in the field as far as the Great Peconic Bay Medical Center, the operations of it all, the iconic medical institution out in the East End, known as the PBMC. Each and every week we give you a different perspective. Good one this week. Dr. Mike Wang with us, happens to be the chief of infectious diseases, and uh, I believe for the first time we welcome him to the airwaves of Ask the Medical Experts. Doc, how are you? Welcome aboard. Hey,
1: good morning! Thank you for help uh, here having me. Can you hear me okay?
0: I hear you loud and clear, my friend. Good stuff. Awesome. Let's let's get into a little bit about yourself. Tell the folks about what you do as the chief of infectious diseases uh, over at Pocomoke Bay Medical Center. How's that?
1: Sure, awesome. Um, I've actually been at uh, South Shore University for about seven years uh, doing infectious disease work over there. I took the new position as chief here, uh, starting around September. And basically, we're trying to build up the division here. I'm working with the pharmacy to uh, do something called antimicrobial stewardship, which essentially means to preserve antibiotics so that we don't have all these uh, scary infectious diseases and resistant organisms that we all hear about, including things like MRSA that's always circulating on the uh, news channels. I also do some clinical work. I also do work in educating the uh, residents and the physicians here.
0: There you go. So you're in charge of a lot of things. So let's let's get into where we are at right now. And that is uh you know kind of flu season, Dr. Wang. Um how's it been so far in your estimation? Is it comparable to last year or is it worse?
1: Uh well, that's a good that's
0: a good uh question.
1: Flu season is up and about and running fast. Uh so actually if you look at the if you're able to get into the New York state data, um this season came about five weeks earlier than last year. So I have the last few weeks of data. The most recent week of data from November 5th, we have about 8,040 cases with about 450 people in the hospital for flu alone. And this season, as, as I said, is earlier than last season by five weeks. I'm not sure if it's going to peak around the same time. Last year, it peaked around December 17th, about one week, bef- two weeks before Christmas. And then it had another peak in April. So we don't know we don't know yet what's gonna happen this year.
0: Would you say without question, any years past you say, "Ah, oh, should we get the flu shot? Eh, we'll see. But you could kind of make the case the current circumstances, right? You still have That's some correct. COVID. You got boosters and everything else trying to ward that off. RSV, we see that more in young uh, young kids and whatnot. Uh, but then we have the flu. I mean, really, arguably, this is the time to maybe consider getting that flu shot. No,
1: this is uh, yeah, this is the time to get it. Uh, speaking of RSV, RSV has been a news regarding the kids, but it's also affecting some of our senior patients and also those who are immunosuppressed. So. Um, Adult, you know, most most young, healthy people, we just have a common cold from RSV, but uh, older people can get quite sick from it. In terms of flu shot, the best time to get it will be now, I guess. If you haven't gotten it already, now will be the time to get it. Um, almost everyone that's greater than age six months should get it, unless you have some allergies or some kind of reaction to the flu shot before that left you either paralyzed or some kind of thing called guillain barre syndrome. But other than that, you should get it. It's uh, It's going to be helpful to protect you from getting sick.
0: Without question, Dr. Mike Wang with us, Chief of Infectious Disease, PBMC, as the the medical experts. Doc, you also give required vaccines to people traveling around the globe here. What are the more common diseases that people traveling overseas need to know about, maybe need to be vaccinated against? Go ahead, my friend. Sure, sure, sure. Most people take for
1: granted that in in America, we have a really good and safe food supply. We could go to any gas station, order some food and not get sick and have diarrhea. But if you go outside of the country, and especially to places that are underdeveloped with, uh, with uh, questionable hygiene or sanitation, the things like hepatitis and typhoid tend to be very common things that we should get vaccinated to protect us from getting it. Hepatitis A is uh, you know both of these actually are from fecally contaminated food and water, and if you get it, some of them can even uh, kill you. So those are the most common ones. You know, if it's in the flu season, you should also get the flu season. And if you are staying for a few more weeks than just the two weeks that most people go for vacation, hepatitis B and sometimes polio should be considered as well.
0: Um, is there a a time period as far as before a trip? How far in advance should someone come get their shots regarding this stuff?
1: Sure. Um, we all know from COVID, from our COVID experience, from everybody's COVID experience, that you know we need some time to build up immunity. So at least two weeks is generally the uh, time frame that we want people to come into the office. And sometimes, if it's one of those vaccines that we don't normally stock, you might want to call the office well in advance to make sure that we have a good supply of it. This way, you get the shot. Get the uh, develop, uh, let your body develop the antibodies and then when you go on your trip you should be well protected
0: uh, Dr. Michael Wang with us infectious diseases let's get into some symptoms here as far as patients doc what you've seen some of the more common ones that those who might experience what would lead them to scheduling an appointment with a specialist as such yourself regarding infectious uh, disease give us a couple of common symptoms here
1: Sure, you know, we have patients that come into our office from diabetic foot infections, chronic bone infections, sometimes joint infections. We also see patients with heart infections. Uh, We see patients with recurrent lung infections, urine infections, chronic things like tuberculosis we see sometimes. We see people with skin infections like MRSA infections, um, sometimes post-surgical infections dealing with the abdomen. And finally, we also see patients with HIV infections, hepatitis, and also tick-borne illnesses. And the and the last thing is sometimes people just don't know what the heck's going on. So we have we have people coming in here to see us for features of unknown origin.
0: Yeah, you get it can get very intricate. I mean, what what would the typical exam include? Like, if somebody comes to see a specialist like you, what what would kind of how would you kind of go about it? What's what's the procedural uh, type efforts involved with seeing a patient regarding some of this stuff?
1: I think one of the most important things when people come to our office is we do a very thorough. Medical exam, a very thorough medical history taking, rather, um, just to figure out what happened, what 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 the time frame is, and what the uh, progression, the the progression of the disease is. Finally, it's a followed by a general exam. We do we review all the labs and all the studies that's been done so far. We recommend additional labs and diagnostics if needed. And finally, if we need, if we think, if I think that the patient can benefit from starting some therapy while waiting for additional information to come in, we'll do that
0: gotcha what about uh, you know those listening here um, you know best ways to prevent it's all about prevention right in contracting and spreading infectious diseases uh, what what are some of the best ways of prevention
1: the best ways of prevention is being, in, being mindful about your hygiene hand hygiene hand washing is very important you know disin- proper use of disinfectants proper use of masking being aware of your situation, you know, knowing who you're going to be hanging out with for the holiday, for the weekend. If your friends are sick, stay away from them. If your family members are sick, maybe just postpone your meeting for another time. Uh, those are common sense things that most people can do to stay healthy.
0: Yeah, no question. I mean, the hygiene is, uh, you know, kind of that, that, that common sense factor, you know, wash your hands. Well, you're wash, washing your hands everywhere, really. It's essential. Uh in, in my view, no question. Um, where do you see patients, and how would they go about making an appointment with you?
1: So, uh, my my office right now is in Riverhead. I'm at 31 Main Road, Suite Number Two, in Riverhead. I share an office with one of the surgeons from Northwell. And the best way to make appointments is by telephone. To call the number and we'll set you up. You can I give the number on on the air.
0: You may go ahead. Yeah,
1: it's six three one four three nine zero six three one for the appointments.
0: there you go very important stuff and again if they want to learn more listeners i'm talking here doc uh, regarding the infectious diseases team over at the peconic bay medical center where would they go for that
1: uh, the best way to find information on the physicians is the physician profile set up on northwell health uh on our website it's on the find a doctor website and you could just go simply go to northwell.edu and and search for the Find the Doctor feature. And you'll find our profiles. Um, I'm also working with um, a second doctor. She's out on maternity, but her name is Dr. Alina Zara Z-A-H-R-A. So she she and I will both be seeing patients at the the Riverhead office.
0: Uh, Some good information, phone number, website. We will repeat that before interview end here. As far as, folks, where you need to go, information, all that. All that in play uh, as far as the Peconic Bay Medical Center, the website, and some very, very important information as far as connections are concerned. Very important topic here today. Dr. Michael Wang is with us. He leads as far as infectious diseases. And we are talking Peconic Bay Medical Center. Jay Oliver here. We will continue a very important conversation. Round two coming up. As the medical experts, we will return after these messages... Jail over here, you're listening to Ask the Medical Experts. Each and every week, we give you an expert in the field as far as what makes this fine medical institution of the Pecanic Bay Medical Center run, and a plethora of uh, individuals who at their highest peaks really kind of put everything in fine, fine times. Uh, Dr. Wang is with us. Uh, Doc, COVID, the pandemic uh did you see kind of a break in the action as far as the patients, and are they coming back now in droves now that we have a break in the action as far as that disease is <laughs> concerned
1: that's a that's a very good question we've seen a lot um we've seen a lot in the early years uh, early how many years are now I lost track of time but uh early first and second years we saw a lot of sicker patients um with the recent influx of patients we see about uh, five or ten per a week, I'm uh, sorry, per day at our hospital. Um, and I think the the people are not as sick as before. Part of that might be due to the fact that most people are vaccinated or have been exposed in the past. So the people are definitely not as sick as before. And thank God, you know, most people are getting out of here doing quite well compared to when I first encountered these patients.
0: And... um and thank goodness uh, they are uh, without question. Let's get into the staff. We touched upon it uh, a couple of minutes ago. But how important is a staff to, to go along as far as this topic is concerned? I would It's vital, I would think, uh, for every uh, a good doctor comes a good medical team, so to speak. Uh, talk to us a little bit about the staff.
1: Yes, yeah, so, I mean, everybody everybody here that's uh, available, including our nursing staff, our ancillary staff, and uh, including the uh, patient care uh, team, they're very helpful in getting everybody um, what they need. And it's hard, you know, even from the food delivery people to come into these rooms where they have to gown up. So everybody plays a very crucial role in getting all of our patients, including the COVID patients, better and on their feet. They need therapists, they need a physical therapist, they need respiratory therapists, they need people to help them and get them up to the bathroom, everything that you would expect for a regular patient. So the staff is very important, and having a healthy and vaccinated staff helps that as well, making sure that our staff members are available to help our
0: patients. So that they don't... You know, to me, it's kind of a common sense thing, uh, to be... Part of an incredible institution, as PBMC is, and of course, under the Northwell Health umbrella does not hurt at all. Um, I've been in situations of the past in which I have noticed how hospitals have kind of run, been run, and lagging some of them have been. And that is because of poor leadership and everything else. How has it been for you n- noticing what Northwell Health means to the overall medical community, and to really be part of this incredible hospital uh, on the East End. Go ahead.
1: I think Northwell has taken a very good approach to building up hospitals and making them work at their best, performing at the very best. You know, I've seen I've seen it happen from my experience at South Shore University. You know, we started out as a very small community hospital that used to transfer everything out to state hospitals and other places. But over the few years that Norfolk has taken over, it has grown, it has expanded. We have more capability, more capacity to do more complex procedures with a lot of, a lot of subspecialists. And this, the same thing is happening at uh, Peconic Bay Medical Center, where specialists like myself, endocrinology, nephrology are all being brought in to help build up this great medical center because at the east end over here we don't have too many places to go you know everything's a little bit farther away and we have a good population here that needs medical services from experts.
0: Without question Dr. Michael Wang uh, with us Uh, We're talking infectious disease. We're talking Beconic Bay. Uh, There is so much as far as what you need to know, ladies and gentlemen. The traveling aspect, the hygienic aspect, uh, it's all in play here. And that's what makes it uh, so vital as far as everything else. Talk to me about Eastern Long Island. You have been a staple in it. Uh, The advancements, the communities, embracing These types of institutions, these types of departments, what have been your first-hand events, circumstances, as far as coordinating and dealing with the fine communities out on Long Island? Go ahead.
1: So far, I've been trying to uh, make myself known that we have services here now. You know, infectious disease uh, doctors are kind of hard to find sometimes because in major city centers, there's... Often, a lot, every hospital almost has an infectious disease doctor, but out east, it uh, we become far and few in between. So, I um, try to make myself known coming to the program like this so that people can know hey, uh, if you have something that needs to be examined or evaluated by specialists, we have specialists in the area that can help you. Um, we in the east end over here have a great farming community. We also have a lot of nature um, out here, and with nature comes a lot of. Uh, illnesses that we normally don't encounter in the city so tick-borne illnesses are very common here um, most doctors here know how to take care of Lyme disease but there's other tick-borne illnesses that need to be considered as well so we have that capability I have the, that knowledge and hopefully people can come by if they need any help
0: infectious diseases ladies and gentlemen we are talking about talk to me about technology doc you know I get into this with a lot of the experts that come on the show Um, You know, it's amazing when you think back 15 to 20 years, uh, how things have been kind of handled in the medical community. In your uh, topic of infectious diseases, uh, I would think more so technology plays such, such an important portion of things, the diagnosing and everything else. Give me a little sense as far as tech and how it's played into your department.
1: Yeah, you know, in the past, people used to wait for blood cultures to come back, and that takes days, sometimes much longer. Nowadays, we have amazing things like PCR. Once the bacteria starts growing in the in the culture tubes, it gets it gets plated out and gets run through a PCR machine of some sort. And in a few um, thirty minutes or so, we get a spit, we get some information sped back to us, telling us what the organism is, and from that, we can start gauging how to tackle this illness. Um, with a lot of other things um other samples that normally can't be grown in the lab, PCR is there as well. That's for the diagnosis part. Now, for the treatment part, we've seen it happen. We're able to make vaccines so much quicker now thanks to the technology that we have, including mRNA vaccines, which was unheard of years ago. This was technology that was developed in hopes of getting an HIV vaccine, but now being used for for um, COVID. So, yes, technology plays a great big role in uh, infectious disease diagnostics and now even treatment.
0: A couple of minutes remain with Dr. Michael Wang, infectious disease uh, specialist, Beconic Bay Medical Center. Uh, growing up, Doc, is this something that you aspired to be? Uh, a physician, this type of field? Did it come about to you in a different way? Med school and everything else? Give me a little bit of the goings-on in the young Wang days.
1: <laughs> uh, back in the day, in, in uh, I guess in junior high school and high school, I really liked biology, so I took biology again and again. And every... Uh, Every iteration, every chance, it became a more a more in depth version of biology up to college, and finally, I'm like, I said to myself, I'm just going to do something either in science research or or medicine. So, I eventually applied to medical school in
0: college. Oh, and the rest is history, as they say, huh? Uh, and and that's uh, and that's what it's all about. Do you find also that we are constantly, you know, kind of educating ourselves? especially when it comes to disease that we find around the planet. And somehow, I mean, if anything, I would think we learned a lot from the coronavirus, the spreading of it, uh, the amount of death, those who had affected more. And hopefully we learn a lesson from that and maybe take it upon ourselves for future diseases in that we know how to react and maybe doing it a little bit better
1: that's true um the the with every t- with every um opportunity or every chance we see something that's new our bodies are not immune to uh, these kind of illnesses and so we have a lot of people getting sick, a lot of people dying. But over time, we build up, uh, as a group, immunity against these diseases, so they become less uh, deadly. Um, you know, one of the things I, I thought of is that as the world gets as the world gets smaller and people travel into different areas and encounter different animals, um, they get a chance of bringing those illnesses from animals back to humans. And that's true from everything that we encounter and even eat in our, our supermarkets, from chickens to pork to beef. All these animals potentially can make us sick.
0: There you go. One last time, if you don't mind, my friend, phone number, a website. Where can folks learn more? Go ahead.
1: Sure. Uh, phone, the phone number for the office is 631-439-0631 for appointments. And the website is northwell.edu. You can search for my physician profile. And also you can search for my partner's physician profile.
0: With an H-U-A-N-G, he being the chief of infectious diseases. We're talking Peconic Bay Medical Center. And we're talking a true medical expert, Dr. Wang. Cannot thank you enough. Very informative topic, my friend.
1: It's my pleasure. I Thank you for help having me.
0: Appreciate it all. Till next time. Jay Oliver here, ladies and gentlemen. You've been listening to Ask the Medical Experts. Each and every week we do it. Stay safe. Stay well. And more importantly, stay healthy. We'll do it again next week. Have a great rest of your Saturday. The views and opinions expressed on this program are not necessarily those of this station, JVC Broadcasting Management, or its sponsors.